0: Here's another installment of Grimerica goes to the Paradigm Symposium 2014 in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Enjoy and thanks for listening. All right, and welcome back to the Grimerica show at the Paradigm Symposium 2014. And we have Andrew Collins with us who has not spoken yet, but he's going to be chatting about the uh, infamous uh, Gobekli Tepe. He's got a book out about that. And uh, we also still have Ephraim here at the table with us. Yo, what up?
1: Welcome to the show, uh, Andrew. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. How are you enjoying it so far? It's been great, absolutely. I mean, there's there's quite a buzz about the whole idea of a lost civilization. And I mean, it was something that was there in the 1990s and um, probably sort of died a death really around the time of the millennium when there was so much expectation, you know, sort of people believed that Atlantis would rise and the second coming... (laughs) would take place and that the aliens would land, and nothing happened. So, you know, mainstream um, got bored with uh, this subject, but there's been a number of new discoveries, particularly the fact that in 2000, Gobekli Tepe was released to the world, and um, it had been found uh, several years earlier by a German archaeologist called uh, Professor Klaus Schmidt, who sadly died earlier this year, and uh, he's done all the great work in sort of resurrecting this site and putting it back into popular consciousness, because it's somewhere that um, we it, it, its the smoking gun of a lost civilization, to put it yeah. simply. And what it—what it what is—is it is if you can imagine Stonehenge in my own fair country of England, yeah, and sort of multiply that by twenty times, put it on the top of a mountaintop, um, and then find evidence that it's uh. 12,000 years old um, and all the stones are covered in beautiful images of, of animals and birds or they're anthropomorphic they're, they're human-like with like these T-shaped tops making them like the letter T or a towel um, and you know it's full of mystery and this place is 12,000 years old it was deliberately uh, buried at the end of its life, which uh,
0: helped, which helped save, which uh, helped save it, helped it. Right? Yeah. yeah, I mean,
1: it, it's like a time capsule. Yeah. Whereas there may be other structures around the world that could be as old as that, this has been covered, so we know that this is truly something from a bygone epoch. And they were creating these incredible monuments with these stones as much as 50 tons apiece. And, this was and like, it makes you wonder too, right? If they knew enough to bury it,
2: how much other shit is buried out there that we haven't stumbled upon yet?
1: Well, exactly. I mean, I, I can almost predict that you're going to find similar Gebekli Tepe's in other parts of the world. Right. I mean, we've got a place called Ganumpadang in uh, Java, Indonesia now, which is possibly a pyramid, hill, artificial, that could date back to the age of Gebekli Tepe, possibly even... Earlier than that, yeah, yeah, um, which is uh, and
0: the date for Göbekli Tepe is about what twelve thousand years well, ago. Well, twelve thousand
1: years ago, and you've got to ask yourself what was going on at this time. That's what I was. I am trying and to
0: visualize that because weren't we coming out of that Ice Age or whatever? That's right.
1: right? Well, I mean, this was the, at the tail dryas. end of the Younger Dryas. Right. Um, mini I say somewhere that you know something that most people would never have even heard of if it hadn't been the fact that. We now think that this was triggered by a comet impact. Right. Um, This took place probably just just around um, 10,900 BC, so about just under 13,000 years ago, Um, and it caused a lot of mess in the world. I mean, you know, firestorms, you know, earthquakes, volcanoes, uh, floods, just like described in the Bible. You know, 40 days and 40 nights of rain. That that could easily have happened. Super tsunamis covering islands, the, the the waters, the sea level rising up by as much as 25 meters, you know, 45-odd feet, um, you know, in, in a matter of days. I mean, it, it was a time, really, of, of, of nightmares. Um, and yet the, 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 the bigger problem is the fact that it didn't all happen in one day and then stop. It continued on in one form or another for several hundred years. Right, right. And
0: then do we think that before that, then, these cultures who, you know, had made Gobekli Tepe and now we're finding out maybe all these other ones all over the world, they were living through, uh, I guess, the the Ice Age before that? Like, uh, in in areas of the... Like, I'm trying to visualize it myself. Because when I I was younger and I'd always hear about the Ice Age, I just thought, like, the world was covered in ice. But you guys are saying now that, hey, there was somebody survived through that in
1: uh, certain parts of the world? Well, I mean... The, the the ice age, remember, only really covered um, the the northern hemisphere as far oh, okay. as as any kind of um, inhabitable territory, right? Um, and it stretched down as far as um, you know places like um, uh, uh, well Ohio, places like this in in the United in, States uh, in the North America, uh, yeah. and in, um, in 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 England, it covered most of of England okay. until uh, you know the, the end of, of of this period about. 15,000 years ago is really when it sort of came to an end. And there was a period of about 200, 2,000 years where the temperature, you know, rose and it, it warmed up and it was almost like a little mini golden age. Right, right. This is known as the Alorod, um, interstadial or oscillation, which basically means, you know, it's a period where things change again and for the better and it became very warm. And I think things were, were, were great at that time. You know, cultures were flourishing. Um, you know, things were rising up in the right way and then suddenly it would seem that there was this comet impact and if you can imagine this uh, this comet enters into the inner solar system uh, probably goes around the sun and as it goes around the sun it breaks up into not just dozens of pieces but thousands of pieces and they then go on a trajectory course directly towards the earth and probably people that day would have been looking at the sun and just seen these fireballs actually coming out of the sun itself. Um, And they would have hit the earth. And even before they'd have hit the earth, they'd have been exploding into even smaller fragments and causing these firestorms, mass firestorms, that would have engulfed whole regions. Um, And what this did was send up ash into the upper atmosphere that blotted out the sun, the moon and the stars for probably weeks, maybe even months, it could even be been years. Um, And this triggered, it's believed, this mini ice age of 1300 years known as the Younger Dryas event. And you know, yeah, I mean uh, humanity probably was devastated during this. I mean it's estimated.
2: Even today it's like, what is it, something like 85 or 90% is on the coast.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's estimated, for instance, that the people inhabiting North America at this time, the Clovis people, they were probably uh, diminished by up to 75 percent. Right. And in fact, their culture almost completely disappears after this event. And it's the same all the way around the world. I mean, last week I was in uh, Belgium, um, you know, one of the low countries uh, in Europe, and I was looking at the charcoal rich layer that have been left behind by this this event and within this they found nano diamonds they found magnetic sp- spheres tiny you know you know nano sized spheres they found these like small glassy objects and all of these are produced under extreme temperatures i mean we're talking you know 2 2000 degrees centigrade uh, and whatever that is in, in fahrenheit and this is this is an incredible amount of heat the only heat that can produce this is lightning and if but lightning strikes in a very confined space and you might find a few objects but this is this is across six continents um all at the same time i mean probably a dozen or more countries it's been found in possibly more now um and that layer's there and i mean i i I picked up some of this layer last week and I, i rolled it around in my hands and i thought. This could have been from a garden fire last week. Yeah. You know, it felt that fresh. Mm. I mean, it could have been down put down just five years ago. Mm. And directly below this layer, which is known as the Osillo Ucil- the Horizon, after a place uh, that, that it's first discovered, you know, first recognized, um, ble- directly believe this, the sand has been bleached white. And the chemical properties of that is diff- different to the normal colored, sand directly beneath it and above it above this event and it's believed that this was caused by some flash you know of the of these firestorms you know something to do with the the, the comet creating like Exploding. this burst yeah. absolutely yeah, you know and or um, that it's the acid rain that fell you know the the, the water mixing with the um, with the, the chemicals sent up in the ash cloud to form this acid rain which again i mean this is a terrible time for people to have lived i mean and this went on and on for hundreds of years mm-hmm. in, in some capacity because, I mean, the, the continental plates of the earth would have been rocking up and down in, in a way which would have caused earthquakes, tsunamis, and volcanic eruptions all the way around the world. Hmm. Um, so, you know, that's it. And it's off the end of this that Gebekli Tepe is constructed. And you say, well, why? And there's a visionary writer... By the name of Barbara Han Clow, she was the one yeah, of the co-founders of Baron Company uh, uh-huh. book, uh, book book publishers, and um, she wrote a book called Catastrophobia. Yeah, uh, I think it came out in 2001, and she she coined this term to describe the state of mind of people following this this cataclysm, and it was like the fear of cataclysms, you know, right, the fear of further cataclysm. And I think it's an incredible term because that's exactly. The way that the human race would have been in this, this, this fear it's that like a PTSD, right? In a way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, it happened after the second world war, you know, with the, yeah. the, the uh, dropping the bombs in Japan, you know, people feared that suddenly we'd be plunged into these nuclear age um, of, you know, wars and de- total devastation, world war three. So if you can imagine that and multiply, I don't know, by 10,000 times, that's the state of mind of humanity. At this time, and what happened is that places like Gebekli Tepe, possibly Ganun Badang and probably many other places around the world, were put up at this time to somehow appease the gods or counter the, full, the supernatural forces oh, that that they believed were responsible for creating this. Because remember, they then they haven't got scientists then. To them, this is a supernatural event. Right. Yeah. 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 What, Some what, creature you, in the sky it, has created it. Do you,
2: do, you, do you lend any credence to the possibility that they could have been almost as, as advanced as we are?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, but, I mean, they, they saw the world differently. And I, I mean, suppose even
2: regardless, like, even if we seen that shit coming, the people who got through, like, what would it take, two, three generations before it's like, well, yeah, grandpa used to talk about flying cars. Exactly. But...
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So so you guys think that uh, through all this research that they built, it, they built that after the Ice Age. So now yeah. that it was built and covered up before that, no, younger no, no, drives. No, it was like after that absolutely. cataclysm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and then
1: yeah, I mean, the 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 mini ice age ended around nine thousand six hundred BC, and the dating for Gebekli Tepe is around nine thousand five hundred, nine thousand four hundred for oh, so the earliest so. of the great tight. structures. Yeah, it's tight. yeah, okay. And the interesting but fact, but isn't is, that just when they started burying it? No, no, no. I mean, you know, at the moment, the, the oldest structures, the dates that are given from them, they're the ones that are built on the bedrock. Right. Because what happened was that once they were covered up, they built new ones, either by their side or above them. In other words, they, they'd cover up those and build on top of them. And that's what they did. And they gradually did that over a period of 1,500 years until around 8,000 BC. And for some reason, they decided to leave the site completely. So they covered up any remaining enclosures that were there and went off to some other part of the ancient world. Wow, and this has only been, uh, a small
0: percentage of this has only been excavated, right?
1: Absolutely. I mean, you know, um, there's four major enclosures of which the most sophisticated and technologically advanced are the oldest ones. That's the impressive and very curious thing about this. Hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's possibly at least another 20 of these enclosures to be uncovered. Um, you know, possibly even 50, yeah, or, I think the, I
2: think even the conservative estimates are something like ten percent of it is exposed. Yeah, yeah now.
1: Exactly.
0: So why yeah. why don't we have a you know a huge amount of resources uh, from the archaeological community going? On? You think that you would that would be a priority for for us? I mean, obviously,
1: yeah. Well, I suppose the the obvious answer here is that they treat it as just another archaeological site, and even though it's rewriting history, yeah, yeah. Um, to them, it, it's just something that has to be methodically. Right, um, right. excavated investigated surveyed over a very long period of time and if you go there you know it's like watching paint dry you see nothing going on you know from from you know one day to the next i mean they're, they're still doing the same things in the same spot so that's
0: not a resource issue it's more of a process issue. Yes, then
1: exactly and it, it, and most of the enclosures that are not being uncovered will not be done so in our lifetime wow, there'll be less to future just, generations
0: oh that's just, that's it's kind of disappointing in a way well absolutely
1: if there's a very good reason for uncovering any site it's Quebec right yeah yeah, because exactly. we need to know what's beneath there. we need right. to know what it means to us to
0: die because couldn't the, even the design of that be something if you uncovered all of it and see that it absolutely. means something astrologically yeah, yeah or,
1: absolutely and i mean people are speculating I mean, I speculate in, in the Gobekli Tape book that I've done here, um, and others speculate as well relating to star alignments and which direction it was looking. And, you know, it's all these ideas, these theories, stand or fall depending on what they discover next. You know, if you're right, then the evidence that comes out will only support your views. If, you, if you're wrong, they're going to go down the drain, basically. So... Yeah. You know, we just have to watch this space, really. But, I mean, what we can say is that um, the that Gobekli Tepe was probably not built in isolation. Um, right, right. You know, there are almost certainly other te- Gobekli Tepe's around the world which either have been uncovered and we haven't got proper dating evidence for. Right. You know, megalithic structures, you know, maybe even the Sphinx in uh, at Giza in Egypt, the Puma Punka. Um, you know, complex uh, to an arc, uh, uh, maybe even, yeah, absolutely. I mean, all of these places could have their origins 12,000 years ago just after this cataclysm. So it must
2: be super exciting for you to come to a conference like this where you've got uh, basically some of the best minds around you almost. Their stories almost line up perfectly with, with 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 what your book is trying to say.
1: Absolutely, I mean, I, I was talking to Graham Hancock um, yesterday, and um, yeah, you know, we were talking about our own individual research, and he said, "Look, it seems like you know everything's dovetailing together now." And I said, "Well, if it's the truth, it's going to. We're all going to end up with the same general conclusions because it's the truth." Right,
0: right. That's good. Yeah. Hmm. So, are you? Uh what are you working on next? Are you sticking with this, this whole thing? Because you've, you've written a few books in, in the past.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think my interest is the whys, um, why things are done, and also a case of who. Um, I mean, it's okay saying that there's a lost civilization. Uh, I think, you know, we can all probably nod and say, yeah, that's probably about right. But who were these people? What did they look
2: like? and Ojibwe.
1: Absolutely.
2: are a good look. It's just like... <laughs> Absolutely. Picture me 20,000 years
1: ago. Yeah, but you'd have to be seven and a half feet tall. <laughs> well, I used to be, but the older <laughs> I get. <laughs> so, no, I mean, I think the, 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 the cool way that this is going is human hybrids. Uh, and we're not talking, um, you know, aliens Ali- here. Alien, no, yeah. We're talking admixtures of different types of humans or hominids, as, as, as they're correctly known. And... You know, we are anatomically modern humans, but there is powerful evidence genetically to show that we mated with some of our distant cousins, the Neanderthals, uh, the Denisovans, and uh, a, even a fourth type who we call Species X, um, who, who they don't even have any anatomical evidence to, to, to show us what they look like yet. And you can imagine all these different admixtures of people are going to yeah. look, some of them are going to look very strange. Yeah. And I think this is where we're going to yeah, find the answers that, to the giant races, uh, okay. to the Watchers, to the Nephilim, to the Anunnaki, okay. um, and the, the founders of Gobekli Tepe. I'm pretty certain that they were human hybrids. They were um, an admixture between Neanderthals and anatomically modern humans.
0: And did we did that all come from apes, do you think? like, Or is there a missing link there in evolution? Like, I, I kind of find it hard to believe that all these races that we have have evolved from
1: apes in the trees. Well, it's, it's a difficult one because... I think that basically evolution is is probably about right. Um, However, who's not to say that there was some kind of um, genetic or mental intrusion from outside of our own physical reality? Now, you call it alien, call it ultra-dimensional, or whatever, that something else. Psychedelic, even these guys are
0: talking about. Absolutely.
1: I mean, you know, things like uh, psychedelics. Um, things like cosmic rays, um, probably even certain types of um, very strict, you know, yoga and tantric practices and other things like this could easily affect human DNA. Um, and when I say human DNA, I mean probably mitochondrial DNA, which is the bacterial DNA that's inside us all that's passed down from mother, you know, to to son, but it's only passed on through the female line. Right? You know, this goes through mutations every so often you know what we actually we interested i think
2: it was susan martinez who first introduces the idea that you got to think at the same time our whole solar system is flying around the middle of the fucking galaxy right yeah so it's like in recorded human history we've actually never been in the same spot in space that's true. So that, that could some is of true. these mutations yeah. like maybe we're flying through some weird nebula, right? Well, or something like that. That's yeah, spurring I mean, spurring yeah. shit on yeah. our planet yeah. in a way that we can't explain. Absolutely.
1: I mean tales of comets, um, the edges of nebula nebula things like this. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, all of these things contain weird particles that are going to affect us. But cosmic rays is probably the most obvious and the most basic answer an explanation to certain mutations and they're going to change us they're going to give us different jaw lines they're going to give us speech they're going to give us height and things like this so these are the sort of things that, 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 will, that will call change that will cause changes as well as hybridization natural se- and natural selection and a, well and and our food i mean just the food can change the way that we are
0: right right mm. What do you think about all this, e Well, I, one thing I wanted to say about Gobekli Tepe is that it's actually getting into the lore of, for example, I actually used that in my science fiction novel, <laughs> Alien Cartel. You yeah. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. So it's getting into stories. But I was wondering, the other sites in Turkey, are they deliberately covered as well, or was it just that one?
1: Uh, well, I mean, there, there are other sites that are equally as old as Gobekli. Uh, I mean, one that both Graham Hancock and myself have been looking at quite closely is Karahan Tepe. Didn't they I mean, just, I, is that's fairly recent too, right? Well, I mean, Karahan Tepe has not been excavated yet. They've done a few what they call test pits around some of the standing stones, and they've, they've got some dating evidence, um, which is mostly contextual, basically, um, you know, like comparing the, the stone tools and the, the type of art, whatever, with places like Quebec Tepe. And that dates probably just slightly, just a few hundred years later than Gebekli Tepe. But all the same ideas are there, and... The stones just pick, you know, you you, you can walk along and you can see the tops of the stones that buried just picking out. So how does it get, in
2: your opinion, how does it get to the point where, say, it seems like even like 200 years ago, if this if this came across us, this would be like priority number one. To the point now where we're like, uh, we don't have the time or resources to even start thinking about excavating. Like, you know what I mean? Like, how does it get to the point that making Tomahawk missiles and shit are more important? iPhones is more important than excavating what is probably, you know, could easily be one of the.
1: Well, I suppose, um, you know, making uh, Tomahawk uh, missiles and things like that is, uh, is is there's more money in it. Let's just put it that way. Um, and, but, what we should be saying as far as places like Gebekli Tepe and maybe Gunung Badang is that these places have got a lesson for us to learn. And that lesson is that they are the result of a cataclysm. And we need to know more about that cataclysm because it could well happen again. You know, there may well be a- clues that they've left us, if which it, we need to yeah, find.
2: I like the way you guys, like between all your presentations, it kind of comes together that it's like some ancient warning. For Absolutely. Us. and it doesn't seem yeah. like we're yeah. gonna be yeah. like, yeah. It's, it's, and, and we're in the alternative. It seems like it's up to the alternative side what? to decide whether or not we're we're ready for the next time. Otherwise, we're just a blip on the radar, yeah. and hopefully, the next guy. You like who knows? Maybe the pyramids have been around for a
1: couple swings at the bat and the last three rats, as of Human are like possible. didn't pick it it's up possible. either, right? But I mean, I, I mean, some of it is almost of our making. It's almost like we are seeing these sites. We are concluding that they're talking to us and we're picking up a little bit of the conversation of, of what they're trying to tell us. Now, that may be something that's within our own, you know, psyche, our own DNA or whatever. It may, it may be just triggering something within us right. that, as a response to that. And that response is something bad happened in the past. We need to be aware that this could happen again. Do you think
2: it's possible that it's something cyclical to do with the equinoxes, like people like Randall Carlson and Graham Hancock kind of allude to?
1: I, I think that there is a link, yeah. I mean, I think you've got to look more in terms of processional cycles than, than, than anything else. And when I say processional cycles, I mean, you know, cosmic time cycles, that if something happened, um, you know, as you say, at one swing of the clock, the, the chances are that it could happen again at the same time. And the next swing of the clock or maybe one half cycle or something like that. We've got to look at these possibilities because the ancients may well be giving us the clues that we need to know. I mean, then there was a guy by the name of uh, Emmanuel Velikovsky was a a great pioneer in the whole subject of catastrophe, um, catastrophism. And, I mean, he, he, he was one of the first people that really sort of said, look, something really bad happened on Earth. Some of his ideas are now, you know, uh, discarded because we now know that, that this was going on a lot earlier, you know, 8, 12, 13,000 years ago. But he left us enough clues. And what he said was that, that the whole story of, of, of Adam, you know, as in Adam and Eve, passing on his secrets to his son, Seth, at his point of death, and Seth writing them down in the books, and and these being passed on from generation to generation, I mean, I talk about this in the book, is that what this is, is it it could be the information that we need as a warning of future cataclysms. In other words, the information, that that the secrets of Adam themselves relate to how we can be aware of these future cataclysms and if we're aware of them, we can stop them.
0: And 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 we can't figure that out on our own because we're too distracted. And these civilizations prior were able to focus on that kind of thing, I guess, or maybe. Well, I think
1: it. that this was a case of they they lived through it, they survived. Yeah. They are leaving some kind of um, you know time capsule, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, which is either in you know mathematics or in uh, alignments or myths and legends uh, surrounding these these sites or the areas in which they're placed. That's, I mean, that's it, really. I mean, I, I, as I said, le Tepe was built as a response to this cataclysm, as a response to catastrophobia. Hmm. Uh, I'm I'm absolutely certain of this, and I'm pretty certain that when Graham Hancock's new book comes out next year, which is probably going to be called Magicians of the Gods, he'll say something similar. Right,
0: right. Well, that's great. Well, it's fascinating stuff. I mean, we're, I feel like we're on the edge of... Uh... Everything kind of cracking open, and and the mainstream accepting it, and and then it's all kind of stemming from not Absolutely. all of it, but yeah. Go Backley Tepe is obviously a core part of that.
1: It's very yeah. very important.
0: Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, thanks for uh, coming on the show, and and good luck in your talk, and we'll link to your book and all that in the show notes, and your book again is uh, Go Backley Tepe. Genesis of the gold
1: Genesis of the Gods. Genesis, Go of, the gods. Genesis of the Gods. Nice. Yeah. All okay. right. All right. Thanks, Thank Andrew. you very much. Okay. Yes.